right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Raw and Unscripted. I'm Jake. And I'm Dominic. So, what do we got for today, Dom? I know let's start us off a little bit with some quick news. All right, um, quick news for today. The Lakers are expected to sign J.R. Smith, former Nick, former Nugget. Yeah. Cavalier. Have you seen his videos? He's been putting in some work. Has he been putting in some work? He's been doing a lot of uh, one-step shooting, like uh, shooting off of one foot. Well, that's J.R. Smith's special. Yeah, I love it. Like wild, wild, you know. Yeah. Well, remember like James Harden's like trying to be his signature three where he like takes a step and like. Yeah. He'll step back off of one foot or whatever. Oh, Jared, so you're saying like that. Jared's been doing a lot of that stuff, yeah. Ugh. He's a flashy dude. LeBron will have another. I'm excited to see him and LeBron get kind of back at it. Re- remember what happened, though, when the whole, pass me, LeBron. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be like that. It's going to be like, JR, no, don't shoot. <laughs> don't. You're not hardened. You can't do that. JR, you're 35 years old. <laughs> Should have retired already. Not really though. He's a he's that one of those guys. might be a valuable asset for him. He's like a he's like the Ted Ginn of, of of basketball, where it's like Ted Ginn's really fast, and that's why he's still in the NFL. So J.R. Smith's really fast. J.R. Smith's like the guy who's just like, I feel like when J.R. Smith plays, he plays without like any restrictions. You know what I mean? Like he's out there and he's just hunting for points, and like he doesn't care how Man, he has he, to do it. And like he'll miss a million times, and they all look so bad. Like, he knows how to make himself look terrible. But he can make some damn good plays. But, yeah, every once in a while he'll pull out a dunk and you're, or, like, some crazy three, and you're like, what? Yeah, like, chuck it from half court. Yeah, I mean, he'll and shoot 30. And he's just, just like, oh, then he, like, shrugs it off like, yeah, been doing it's, that all It's game. funny. It's like when been, he was on the been Knicks. Doing that, been here all, all day. Been doing that all game, you know. Yeah. When he was on the Knicks, like, you know, that's – like, that's kind of how I think of Melo. Like, you know what I mean? He's never a high percentage guy, but, like, he'll always – he's a shot taker, you know? And when JR he was there that. with Jr., like they were kind of the same. Just excited to see LeBron and him back at it. You know, some some yeah, dudes. It'll some be buddies. good. I like to see guys like that sign for competitors. So. Yeah, back in the playoffs together. Mm-hmm. All right, what else you got? Um, so recent news today, um, that the first few players in the MLB are out of the season. We first heard that Mike Leake was out. Interestingly, I heard that he's losing out on $5.6 million. A lot of money. Uh, Joe Ross and teammate on the Nationals, Ryan Zimmerman, are both out. Um, that's all we know right now. I'm, I'm assuming there will be more to come. I imagine there will be more. Man, I wish Ryan Zimmerman would have retired last year. Would have been, you know, a good way to go out. I don't know why. He, he should have got on out. On, he should have gone out on top. He's been around a long time. He has been. Mr. National is what they call him. Yeah, right. He was their first draft pick or something like that. Yeah, first World Series, too. So, yeah, He's been their guy. Joe he's, Ross, also an okay pitcher. Um, how do you think this affects the Nationals? I don't – coming back off of a World Series title, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think losing a guy like Zimmerman is probably a lot – like, you know, at this point in his career, like, he's – not the big like he's not putting up the big numbers, but right. The, the, he's a leader, like you know. What I, mean? I don't think that they lost anything too substantial with these. Like, two guys. yeah. Well, I think Zimmerman. There's something to it. Like, I think there's still production, maybe a valuable asset in the, like the locker room or around the team and something. Like but, Zimmerman, they probably they probably love and need him in that locker room. Yeah. Like I mean, I'm. 
I'm, you know, in a 60 game season, especially with all the variables just that go into this weird season, like it, it might not make a difference. And it might, no, I don't think that they're losing anything too substantial. I think yeah. they can still definitely compete without him. Yeah, sure. You're right. I agree. But uh, they will probably lose his leadership capabilities. Ross is just, you know, one of those depth guys. They certainly going to have to, they're going to have to go deeper into their, they're pitching. Then poor Mike Leak. He was poor Mike Leak on the Cardinals too. He wasn't poor. That's the that's the problem though, is because we paid him well a lot. Sounds like he's gonna be poor this year, missing out on five point two six million dollars. Sent John was like a letter and Bill DeWitt and said, Hey, thank you for all that money because you're why I'm able to sit out right now. He's sitting on all that Cardinals money. He is. You know, they paid him like eighteen million dollars a year, some crap like that. So he was worth that much. Maybe never. Never. Anyways, um, let's move on. I had that. It's Kawhi's birthday. Happy birthday, Kawhi Leonard. The claw. The claw. The memories um, over the last couple of years. Well, longer than the last couple of years, but it feels like Kawhi's uh, career is into two parts. You know, there was young Kawhi Spurs with the, you know, learning from those Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and now. In the last year, you know, we saw him like win the the finals. What what felt like by himself? Not actually, but you know what yeah. I mean. Like he took over. He was their guy. He they wouldn't have gotten there without him. Absolutely, absolutely not. Um, so happy birthday to Kawhi! I think he yep. turns twenty nine years old. Shout out to him. He has broken up two dynasties now, right in the middle of the, the heat of things. You know yeah. that that was talk very, about LeBron breaking up dynasties. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, the claw. What else? Um, Dustin Johnson won the Travelers Championship. Oh, Dustin Johnson, he did. He played well. I don't know if you saw some of his shots. Yeah, they um, – I mean, the lot of low scores this weekend. He ended up at 19 under, which is, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a damn damn good score. And there's a lot of other – It's a lot scores. more under than I will ever be. Oh, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but – yeah, he won his 21st championship or his 21st tour win, which is 30th all time now. 30th all time is quite, quite like significant at this point. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, 13 consecutive seasons with the tour win, which is really impressive. Um, yeah, good golfer. And I'll tell you what: only Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, and Tiger Woods have started their career with more wins. That's an impressive list to be. I don't know how old he is, but. Still young, still got a lot of years left in the tank, but that's pretty impressive to have some notorious names ahead of you and only more all-time wins to start your career. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a good career going. Yeah, a lot more to come. Good good job, DJ. And then the final thing that I had was it was broken today that the New York Knicks kind of dropped the ball in signing LeBron James back in 2010. Apparently, um, some of the reports were saying that he favored the Knicks over all other destinations at the beginning of his process. Yeah. Process of looking through what team he wanted to sign for and whatever. <laughs> and man, I saw a picture of him in a Knicks Jersey the other day, like a little Photoshop. And I was like, oh, wouldn't looks, you have just loved that? That looks really good. But uh, yeah, apparently the Knicks, I mean, they had $34 million in cap space and they couldn't get the deal done. I mean, that's like, the Knicks. They were favored. He favored them. <laughs> He went into the meeting, and they were just 
They didn't blow him out of the water. They didn't not even blow him out of the water. They just dropped the ball. They weren't yeah, impressive, I, mean, he, I he guess, didn't, to him. He didn't go back for like a second meeting. No, like he they said it was so bad back. that he didn't even want to go back. He didn't, yeah. want, he didn't even want to think about that as an option anymore. Like he was that embarrassed by the right. way that – Yeah, wow. Gosh. They, they, How does it make you feel? The owners, management, they, what could have been. Um, it wasn't even the players on the court that didn't get him there. Yeah. It's got, it's well, if it was about off. the players on the court, he would. Uh, no one would ever sign for the New York Knicks at the or anywhere within the last twenty years. But yeah, he, the Knicks, they tend to drop the ball like that. Their ownership is, you know, they make some weird decisions, and they have. Last year, the year before, every year, it happens. Um, someday, maybe they'll sign a big free agent. Who knows? Max contract. I mean, they, they were supposed to this past have, offseason. Well, that's every offseason. Well, this was like the one they were playing. Yeah, they had enough money. For. They traded Chris Dapps. They had enough money for two max contracts. As they did in 2010, two max contracts. And, yeah, and, and nothing happened. They signed Julius Randle and Todd Gibson and, you know, yeah, Todd Gibson. That's all. I like Taj, Taj Gibson. Yeah, he's good for the Bulls. Good player. Was a good long player. career. Was a you good know? player. Unfortunately, they didn't sign anybody this offseason either. Maybe that's just the story of the New York Knicks. They just don't sign anybody. They don't sign the big guys, or they they can't. They, yeah, you know, they're all talk. You know how it is. It's unfortunate. I would hate to be a New York Knicks fan. Eh, moving on. Moving on. I think we're done with the quick news. Let's get into a little bit of the uh, substance of today's podcast talk. Um, breaking news, kind of a big deal coming out with the new story. Um, guy hot off the market, Cam Newton. Yeah, there was a lot of rumors in, in like May that Cam would be looking to settle for a good backup position after he had already said he didn't want to be a backup. The Patriots was rumored a couple of times, you know, people were like, that would be cool. And it's really interesting to see that they went for it and he got a pretty – He's, he's signing for pretty cheap, cheaper than you probably would have thought. Seven point five million one year with incentives. Seven point yeah, five is with incentives, like, which is he if he doesn't hit the incentives, he doesn't even get back. Yeah, exactly. So it's little. It's next to money. nothing. Little it's, guarantee. It's next money. to nothing. He he's really gonna have to prove himself. I can't. That's hard to believe in my mind that somebody with that much talent. I mean, he's two years removed of a career high in completion percentage at sixty eight percent and a career high in yards per average with seven point two. Two years removed. Granted, last year he had the foot injury, but. The year before that, he set career highs in his passing. Ability. Yeah, and the shoulder has been a problem, too, for him. I think that at this point in his career, the question is more just like, like if, the, if, the, if the foot's healthy, then that's great because then he can beat Cam Newton and, like, right. impact the game in the way that, like, you, you know he can with his legs. I think the question is how healthy is he actually? Yeah, I mean, no one really knows. And how I healthy think- is healthy? Well, I think he knows, and I think that's why he signed this contract with this incentives and all that, because he's definitely just taking a big bet on himself. He right. wants to go play for one of the greatest coaches ever, and he's, you know, I don't know. I, I think I'm taking his word. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that think they're going to surprise people. Very different to see somebody of that play style in the Patriots. Yeah, system. it's been 20 years of watching a pocket passer, Tom Brady. He probably got like, didn't he just hit a thousand rushing yards for his career? I mean, Cam Newton is does that in his sleep well beyond that i mean it's like it's one of those things that it's i'm i'm very excited to see the patriots like new look patriots i'm 
never excited to see the Patriots. Dude, I hope like, that they I still just, lose. I think it's well, I think it's a bummer for everybody else because right when we thought, oh, the Patriots, sad to see you go. Oh man, they come back with that stinking MVP quarterback. Yeah, he's, but he's, you're not a Patriots fan, and I know that, and neither am I. Um, and so I don't want to see him succeed. Still, I want Cam I, Newton to succeed. I want Cam, I want Cam Newton to go off. I want him to do everything in his power because I really like the guy as a person. Oh, I love. But Cam now that Newton. he's thrown on a Patriots jersey, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I want to see him do well enough that he can then move on because I want the Patriots thing to just be over. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to ask, uh, like, how since it's a one year deal, like, say that he has a good season, maybe not great, like. You know, I, I want a bounce back season from Cam Newton for him to move on and start the so second you half of his career like, elsewhere. Do you think though that like the Patriots would be looking to like re-sign him? No. Or do you think it's more of like a one year and he's going to look to go get the big contract somewhere else? I mean, well, clearly big, big yeah. is in bigger because I I think well big, bigger. I don't think he's going to get bigger. huge money. I mean, Chase Daniels making thirteen million a year, so. Yeah, but bigger, I don't, th- I don't yes. think he's not going to get MVP huge money. But no. I, I definitely think he'll get a quality quant- contract elsewhere if he has a decent, halfway decent year. I, th- I think there's something to the, the fact that the Patriots probably won't pay up for him even after this year if he does well, because they're known for that. Like you know, what I mean? like just how many players over the last ten or fifteen years have we seen ask for big money and Bill Belichick's like, yeah. and then he just drops them. Like Jamie Collins. I mean, if they have a very successful season, he very well could sign for like decent money to play with bill again but i just i don't see him sure. doing that i mean it could happen i see this as just like a stepping stone in cam newton's career mm-hmm. to move on to the next part okay yeah i was just curious to see how you stood on that and i i think i agree but i do think that it's like a good little fit i don't know what i think of it it'll be interesting especially with the makeup of their team it, it like even last year it was it was changing the defense was getting like way, you know. So like, how do you see the Patriots doing this year with him? Uh, well, like before Cam Newton, I would have said not making the playoffs probably. Okay, probably so with Cam around Newton. seven or eight wins. So I think Cam gives them at least two more wins. I think they're going to win like nine games, maybe ten. And with their defense, like their defense is arguably the best in the league. So how dangerous do you think the Patriots can be? Uh, I think they could win their division. I think that could them they, and, could they compete for another Super Bowl? They definitely could. Because if you talk about what it takes to win a Super Bowl, you're talking about defense, you're talking about quarterback. Cam's been there. They've got a quarterback. Yeah, he's been to the Super Bowl. And their defense knows how to win a Super Bowl, and so does Bill Belichick. That's one thing. It's like you could talk about the quarterback all you want, but Bill Belichick, like who else? Like he, he knows what he's doing when he gets to the playoffs. And, and they can manage the game. I just don't see it working out very well. I see that they definitely adding more wins to their season, but I don't see a competing – Spot for Super Bowl. I mean, they're yeah, no, they're not at the top of that list, and they're not. You're right. Like I think at the end of the season, I, this greatly improves them, but it, it sure they still have question marks. I mean, I mean Cam oh, Newton, absolutely. Cam Newton is looking who he has to throw to. Exactly, their receiving core is Julian Edelman's nobody. thirty-four, and after that, it's Nikhil Harry. He's, he's thirty-four with like one and a half shoulders. Yeah, he's he's glass, but. He'll figure it out. Last year was actually Nikhil the most Harry, season. Nikhil Harry. Who, do we know if Nikhil Harry is going to be good or not? No, no, not at all. We have no clue about Nikhil Harry. 12 He's, career receptions. Exactly. So he has nobody to throw the ball to. And right now, now with Cam Newton, there is just so many options to get the ball from the backfield. 
you know, it's funny though. I was I was reading an uh, reading an article and this guy was arguing because people are saying, you know, oh, the weapons, whatever. He doesn't have them in New England, but really in Carolina, he, he, he never have any. He didn't ever have weapons. And the thing is, is that like even when they got to the Super Bowl, like could, if I asked you, like why did they make the Super Bowl? It was like, Cam Newton. Like it was kind of just Cam Newton. It was. Like and they, their defense was insane. Their defense was good, but it was it as good as the, this Patriots no, the, defense? This Patriots defense is that's what I'm saying. Is so crazy. Like, why can't this Patriots team defense with Bill Belichick, Ron Rivera? You know, Bill Belichick over Ron Rivera. Right, but Cam's not going to return to the MVP yet. Well, yeah, he's not going to be that good. He doesn't have no. to be though. I because I, their defense is going to keep. I mean, realistically, I don't know if a team's going to score more than 21 points in a game against the Patriots this year, unless they're like the Ravens or. You know, someone high-powered Chiefs. It'll be interesting to see how he how he does. Like all all the all Cam in that offense needs to do is just get field goals, couple touchdowns. They'll end somewhere around twenty points in a game. He needs to be like, just good enough. Exactly. I'm so, excited for Cam Newton though. I'm glad he's I'm finally getting be, a chance. I was hoping that it wasn't going to be with the Patriots. So I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing that work out so well just because he's so dynamically different than the, what they've had work in the past. But don't you think that Bill Belichick's not an idiot and that he will just He's steam. definitely he's definitely going to be as prepared as one can be for this new situation, but it's just crazy. I I, I don't think it's going to work. I just think that the way that their team I, was, work, was work, moving, work as in to be Super Bowl contenders. Right. They're going to definitely add wins by signing Cam Newton. I think mean, about it. Jared Stidham is not you don't know. Unpredictable. Right, but he's not going to be what Cam Newton exactly. could be. Um, I, it'll be interesting, though, because before this move, I would have probably just pretty much said Bills are going to win that division. And now I think at the end of the season, we'll probably be talking about a game difference, maybe two, between those teams. Oh, I really don't know. I'm going to say the Bills, but it's really close. Like, honestly, like, if I watch two weeks and the Patriots are two and zero and they look better than I thought they would, I'll change my answer immediately. It's just right now there's uncertainty regarding until, until uh, Cam hurts his foot again. Uh, yeah, like I don't know how healthy he is. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what everything looks like right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, what I mean, it's it's post Tom Brady Patriots. I like, think I have no I, idea. I, th- I do think though that Cam personally is going to come out guns a blazing with a revenge on a revenge tour. Oh, I don't yeah. know exactly how much good that will do to him in his career like how, how well he'll actually do in terms of comparative stats to his other seasons but he's going to come out firing on all cylinders doing the best he can because what the Panthers did to him absolutely screwing him over he's he's had none of it and he's ready to prove all the haters wrong I don't yeah. know if you've read his hieroglyphics on Instagram yeah he does not type normally but he's on a revenge tour for sure yeah and it'll be interesting too because the that whole division, the AFC East, they have some of the toughest schedule, like schedules in, in the NFL this year. So the Patriots are like the top five uh, in strength of schedule. Like they have the, like top five hardest schedule. So I think it'll just be interesting to see Cam going up against that, you know. Who do you have as winners and losers for this breaking news? Um, well, clearly Cam Newton and the Patriots are both winners. Jared Stidham. He's a loser. At you, think the Cam, you think Cam's a clear-cut winner? I think he is because he signed for he signed for a bag of chips, but he's a starter. And he has to work for a 
whole different offense, whole different scheme that's never been his style in the past. Clear-cut winner, you can't, you don't see him losing at all. Well, I mean, before this, I would have assumed he would have been a backup in like somewhere, who knows where. But he's going to be a starter. So I guess if you're going to take the fact that he's going to be a starter, that's a win. That's yeah, a win in Canada because he gets to play football. Okay, fair. Who else do you have? And the AFC East, just in general, are losers because the Patriots aren't going away now. Patriots are sticking around for a little bit longer. Yeah, for me, I mean, teams like the Dolphins and the Jets. The losers, uh, Sony Michelle. He loses touches. He loses touchdowns. He loses out to the, the running back who can actually throw the ball. So not only do you have Sony Michelle back there, but you have another guy receiving the snap who can throw the ball to Julian Edelman. Maybe Sony Michelle might want to work on his pass abilities a little bit if he wants to compete with Cam Newton because right now he's losing touches in the running game. I see what you're saying, yeah. Yep. Um, and then Jared Stidham, he's a loser, big loser. Yeah, that hurts for him. Sorry, guys. And I guess Brian Hoyer too, who's the third string. Who I, you really people... think you, th- you think Brian Hoyer is a loser? Well, if I Jared... think Brian Hoyer is is a winner <laughs> because he now gets to learn from Cam Newton. He wasn't going to play much. Anyway. Brian Hoyer's like, but he's <laughs> learned everything. He's been he's Granted, one of those guys. He's now that one step further back from seeing the field, but he's got to be a winner because he's next to Cam Newton. I guess so. He might learn how to dress for Honestly, a press conference. Or at something. this point in Brian Hoyer's career, he's probably happy to just be a backup anywhere making money. And that's what he With is. Right Bill now. Belichick. Absolutely, yeah. He probably has plenty of fun over there. He's a winner. He's not a loser. Jerry Sinem, he's a loser. He definitely had the moment of his life. You know, he was telling everybody, all his buddies back. I'm going to start. I'm going to start, man. I've been, wor- been putting that work in, man. <laughs> Hey, Jared, I'm, I'm sorry. Patriot, if you this. Patriots are still here, man. He was working out with Julian Edelman, apparently. Uh, good amount over the offseason. Yeah. So, man, I'm, I'm sure Julian just sent him a text yesterday and was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm sorry. Julian, what do you think Julian's reaction was when he saw that? Do I mean, you think he, he fist bumped? He probably was like, thank, thank you, God. Like, do you think he was like, oh, poor Jared? Or do you think he was like, yes? Yeah, no, he, he cried a tear of joy because one singular tear. Yeah, he was, he was on the brink of – you know, that this is it. But now he's yeah. probably thinking, I got He probably had a feeling of what DeAndre Hopkins went through when they just had quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. And he was like, I don't even know what to do with football anymore. Yeah. What even is this person throwing me a ball? <laughs> Poor Jarrett Sinem. Didn't even uh, get a, a real chance. He'll get a chance. I mean, I don't know. But if we'll... Cam isn't really healthy as he says he is, but he looks healthy. If you, He was playing well, basketball yeah, but... with Todd Gurley. Clearly he looks healthy enough. If he gets hurt, Stidham will get a shot. Let's go, baby. Uh, moving on past Cam Newton. Very interesting. But, yeah, um, we're going to talk about what everyone really is talking about, I guess, right now. Baseball is back. Woo! Baseball is back, baby, and I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, uh, after, you know, the whole terrible – Man, I am ready to talk about this. We can move past I'm all I'm so the- glad that all those – Stinking negotiations yeah. are over. It was a pissing match between both sides. It was ridiculous. I stopped following it for a while. Just I, I got fed up with it. Just hoping for a deal to be done. It got done. Baseball's back. I will be watching baseball on live television this summer. And it feels like summer is actually here now. Less than a month away. It feels like my summer could actually be like a real summer. A real thing, yeah. Baseball is back. There's going to be barbecues. There's going to be people going 
watch games with their friends at home, of course. Yes. Um, not going to the actual stadium. Sad, but. going to be celebrations. Fine. There's going to be rejoice. All is right again when baseball's back. That's right. Um, so, it's on 162. It's a taste, though. You it's, get a taste. It's, you get a taste it's of 60. Baseball. A taste of baseball. I, it's going to be weird when whoever wins at the end of the season – and it's just going to be like a eh, 60 game. Did you really win? Were you the best team? And they're going to be like, heck yeah, we won. But let's be real. 60 games is not even close to 162 and what a real season would look like. But I think for the fans, it gives us a little something for the players. I know they were itching to get back. Um, and I think it's just good for the sport in general to finally cut a deal. Granted, they probably oh. maybe could have done things a little smoother. Yeah, definitely. But it's nice to just have some baseball back. Sunday night, hear the guys on the radio. Oh man, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, the video that MLB posted out on on TikTok, um, I I'm obsessed with that video. Um, check it out. It's on our Twitter, unscripted un- underscore raw. Yeah. Um, hit us up, follow, and um, boy did that excite me. Yeah. Everything from Cody Ballinger to hype videos are Juan Soto. It's hype, hype video Judge. season. I love it all. I love it all. Um, but before we get too deep into our emotional connection to baseball and our predictions and how we think this season's going to go, um, I think it's kind of crazy to think about the precedent that this whole new season has set. Because not only is it 60 games, but there's a universal DH now. Yes, there is. Both leagues will have a DH, which will be very beneficial for some and maybe – not so much for others. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I, it helps the NL as a whole, though, in terms of winning games. I, maybe not in terms of aesthetically pleasing, um, in terms of old-style play, um, managing with uh, – with, with, so, like, the guys that – you know, favorite, small ball. Right, small ball, but the, the managers who, you know, manipulate the game in such a way that maybe this part is just taken out and uh, yeah, takes, like takes away from them and their – their field of expertise a little bit, but the, the Larusa, you know, right? But it definitely brings more excitement and absolutely potential for more offense and more games to be won on the NL side. There really couldn't be a better time for the DH to come because, like, I mean, for years it's been like a big debate, you know. Right. And for NL fans, I think you know there's a good amount of people who want who always wanted the DH to to come to the. I was NL. never on board with one. See, the I wasn't either, but. I, I think it's just – it see, just I, makes too much sense right now because – I mean, it is what it is. I'm okay with it. I'm excited to see it. I, at this point, I'm just settling because I just want baseball back. So well, back. sure. And, but I think when we talk about reasons why baseball yeah. is falling off, et cetera, like losing fans – Well, let's – I would love to see the DH get into it. Well, I, I think the DH it's, will it's, help it's, that a lot. I think this is a good move, yeah. It's, it's like this is the thing that you talk about, like they've been trying to do the pace of play crap and, I, I don't know, like three batter minimum and the, the pitch clock – it all really doesn't make a difference at the end of the day. And the three better minimum is still in effect. Yeah, which sucks. Stupid. Whatever. Anyways, the DH, I think, is like that's what they've been looking for. Like they've just been trying to find something that they can manipulate to get uh, you know, more fans and younger fans at that. And I think when we're talking about bunts, like you, you don't see a twelve year old kid who just turns a TV on and sees the pitcher lay a bunt down throws the guy out at second. Yay, they clap. Like, he doesn't know what happened. He doesn't care. No one wants to watch a bunt. It went five feet. Yeah, I, I, Like, for us baseball, like, guys who watch baseball all the time, 
it's a whole different story. But when you're talking about someone who's like learning baseball, like a DH, we're just talking about one more guy who can hit a home run. And for like a team like the Cardinals, like I'm excited because Matt Carpenter or just we can we have more options. It does give you more options offensively. Yeah, and and it's it's sad. Like I won't get to see Adam Wainwright hit a home run again. But you know what? I'll just see Matt Carpenter hit more. And I'm pretty I'm pretty cool with that. I'm excited for the DH. At least at least in terms for this season. Yeah, for this season it's perfect. I think I, mean, I don't know if I don't know if they're planning on doing it well permanently afterward or or how it's going to play yeah, out. Yeah, we'll see. Um I think after the season that baseball, you know, in the next couple I, th- I think that they should go back to classic baseball before the Rona hit. With, it really will depend with, I think without a DH in the NL. I cuz I very much like the difference between the AL and the NL having that as a, as a difference. I, yeah, I agree. It just adds a whole element, a whole dynamic to the game of baseball. And, you know, that's what makes baseball like different, right? It's it's part of it at least, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, besides the universal DH, um, there's one other thing of note really that they're changing, uh, to, I guess it's more for a pace thing or, just to eliminate, you know, long extra inning games. But in extra innings this year, there will all there each team will start with a runner on second base. In the extra innings. In extra innings, yeah. Both home, you know, top of the inning, bottom of the inning. Um, that's. I like that. Get the game going a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, I guess. When I was in little league, we would play. Uh, I think it was like Texas League rules or whatever. It was like the same way you start. With, I think it was a guy on second base with one out. Okay. Maybe a guy on second base, nobody out. And so the in terms of how you manage games, it was always yeah different. Um, but it was fun because guys were scoring more. And you didn't just have these long games. That, these games that are already, you know, going to be long just drag on and on and on. It makes guys score. And, I mean, guy on second, you start a little bit of a rally. Because when you really win is not only when you get that guy on second in, but when you get more guys in because it kind of starts something. It's yeah. like a guy that hit that just hit off a leadoff double. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It, it's crazy to me though that, like, the first batter can just get a single, and before you know it, there's a run on the board. That's exciting. It is exciting. It's, it's exciting. It's certainly a it's, whole. It different, puts the pressure on. Oh, absolutely. Extra innings will be, you know, nail biting. I think what's year. crazy is think about this. Say a pitcher is going into, at this point, the tenth inning, with perfect game going in the 10th inning they put a guy on second base that doesn't count they put a guy on second base there's an error something happens something crazy the perfect game turns into a no hitter anyway the runner scores okay or or to keep the perfect game there's a fly ball sacrifices him to third sacrifices him home two sack flies right nobody reached first base because of the pitcher Pitcher still loses the game. Yeah, so like if he they're just home, threw, he just threw a perfect game, lost. Yeah, that run scores and the game's over, and he still has zero earned runs. That's that would be. I would love to see that. Chances are, I mean, I'm just saying, that's just something. To, oh yeah, like, that's crazy. crazy with this new rule, and how they handle it with you know, earned runs and and everything. But that would, that'd be nuts. Yeah, I don't expect to see anything like that. Um, but it would be another crazy rule is no spitting. No spitting allowed. Baseball Good luck. Gum, seeds. 
good tobacco. Look. Yeah, they say that now. I don't think that's going to happen. It's not going to work. No spitting, Marcelo Zuna. No chewing tobacco. Carlos Martinez, get that. None of that. Pitchers are allowed a wet rag to wipe their fingers on because they can't lick their fingers on the, on the mound. Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. Yeah, a lot of wet rag because don't lick that ball. That's, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Someone's going to accidentally lick their hands. Yeah, you know that's going to happen. What happens then? Like, do they stop the game and, you know, dunk him in a disinfectant bath? And... Set him back to the locker room, <laughs> toss him out. It's like, it's like you're done. Arguing. Get out of here. <laughs> um, I, I, what do you think of, um, like, the player pool? Each team is given 60 players. So they start with 60 in the, the spring training. Or, right. You know, that, starts, that starts July 1st. And um, they start with 60 there, and it narrows down to 30 by the time they start the season, which eventually will turn into, like, 26 by the end of the season. Something like that, like by playoffs, you know what I mean? Is that the breakdown of it? Yeah, some, it's it, it's broken down weird, but it's something like that. But is that right, 60 to 30? To- yeah, yeah, 30 will be – by the first game of the season, there will be 30 on July 23rd. Uh, but 60 is just for their, like, spring, you know, their, their makeshift spring training. And uh, they'll be down to 30 by the start of the season on July thir- July 23rd. And so, what's the player pool for then? You grab players from there during spring. Yeah, or can I would you grab? Can you grab during the season too? Ah, uh, yeah, it's like a new forty-man roster. I think. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like they that way, can, that way, they can put those guys in Triple A and well, yeah, Triple A. Yeah, right. that's not on a real re- thing on reserve, I guess. Exactly, and then they can move them up and down, which is a weird thing because they those guys in Triple A won't be able to play. Like, how does that affect a guy like Dylan Carlson for the Cardinals? Because, like, I don't expect them to call him up because they won't want to use that year of eligibility. But he's not going to be getting the playing time that they probably really need him to get. You know what I mean? Like, or Andrew Kisner. Like, we have Matt – the Cardinals have – I know I'm just using a bunch of Cardinals examples, but the, Matt Weeders is the backup. The, Matt Weeders is the backup catcher. Andrew Kisner, that's the type of guy the Cardinals really want to, to be playing games regardless of where it is. You know what I mean? Right. Like if he's in the majors or if he's in the minors. But on a season like this season, without minor leagues, I wonder to see if like some teams will handle that differently. Yeah, like call them up. And like not, them. not, yeah, not use them. Have Kisner rather than exactly. Readers, you mean? Or maybe is that what you're saying? Well, maybe not. Some teams I, don't, could. I don't think that will happen. But yeah, some teams. I mean, there still is like a an AB minimum you have to hit for rookie status. Yeah, so like yeah. you can still play some, and then the following year still be considered a rookie. Yep. I mean, it'll be interesting. So, if you flirt with that line a little bit, you can still have them play MLB games. Oh, teams, MLB will, teams will flirt with that line. Um, so, yeah, other news about the season. Like I said, season will start on the 23rd. Um, teams in, like, the Central Division will play 40 games against – 40 of the 60 games in their division. And they will play – The remaining 20 will be in the other league's – same division. Yep. So Central plays Central, East plays East, West plays so West. On. Yep. And the trade deadline is moved to August 31st. I'm glad they still have a trade deadline. Yeah. I don't know if they would. I thought they wouldn't. I, I'm, I'm glad they do. I wonder if this whole coronavirus and thing, you know, you keep hearing the owners are 
like DeWitt said that the baseball is not profitable or, or whatever he said. Yeah. It, it, I just wonder if that will like come into fruition and teams will be less willing to get a guy like Nolan Arenado and like, cause they know they'll have to like pay him. Right. Or someone, you know, there's going to be a whole lot less rental pieces too. Though. That's what I'm saying. The, or the rentals too. Cause like, how, how much do you really want a rental piece for a 60 game season? How much value? No, I don't think anyone will. That's not true. Well, not for, sorry. Like for the big names, like, Manny Machado in past years, you know what I mean? Like, no, if like a, a big name like that won't be, I don't think so. I think you're wrong because I say, I, st- I still think like this is the MLB's 2020 season. Teams are still valuing this as a World Series title. You may not hold the same value to it as a fan. That's fair. But if a team, your goal is to go out and win a, win a ring, you're so, definitely still going to want that piece. Okay. So do you think, like to further this question, and do you think that like a team could get a guy like that cheaper than they would have in a in a season, a normal season? You know, like if you were trading for Nolan, if the Cardinals are trading for Nolan Arenado, like the rumors were saying, you know, earlier this off season, like will they be able to get him cheaper today than they would have in January? Pot- potentially, like because of the the makeup of the league and coronavirus, et cetera. Potentially, I think that the. So if you're trading for a player, that's different than like would the Rockies be ecstatic to get rid of that money and just be more like profitable in general. Regardless, I think they they'd be excited to get rid of their contract. Like you know when you're when you're held to so much money, I think they're excited to get rid of it. But I think that when you're trading, the team that's going to get something in return is going to value those pieces a little bit differently than they would have in a 162 game season. So for example, if the freaking Baltimore Orioles wanted to get Nolan Arenado, then whoever the Orioles give up to the Rockies, the Rockies might value that differently than they would 162, whereas the Orioles would still value Arenado the same because they still want to win this championship. Whoever it is that's going to get that piece before the trade deadline is still going to want that name piece to get them there. The The ultimate goal has not changed. Yeah, you're Everybody right. still wants the, the World Series ring, but it's the return that's going to be different because those teams – are going to realize, oh, man, I only get this guy, you know, for X amount of time if it's, if it's that type of guy. I mean, I think, going to be, I think it's going to be a lot different to gauge where teams are at because by the time August 31st comes around, at the, at, normally when the trade deadline rolls around, you kind of have an idea of where yeah, your team's The heading. race, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you kind of have the idea. Of, but with it being such a short season, you, you're going to have an idea, but it might not be the true reflection – and so if you're somebody who has a whole lot of high-value prospects and you're making a push, you're making a push, and you need that extra guy, do you really want to give up those prospects because where you're at right now may not be realistically what you would be at at 162? Sure, it's still, it's still a, a halfway point, you know, just about, though. Think about it. If, 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 if Team X is good enough to make a push right now at – August 31st and they're they're so, so they're a decent team they're making a push they're making a run and they need just that one more piece they give up their number two and their number three prospect in their system well maybe they just so happen to be hot for 60 games so in reality they are overvalued for what they really are over 162 they're not that good and so they would not be in the push to begin That's, with okay and I so see. those the, the prospect number two and number three they should not have given up this year and they would need them next year because they are not that good. They, they actually need those prospects Yeah, because some, some teams have prospects to burn, so to say. 
not to say that they don't want them in their system, but they're not they're, dependent on them. They as could other trade teams. them. Yes, they definitely could be used elsewhere to value the team. And a team that is making a push in a sixty game, it's just so hard because at sixty games, you don't really know your true value of your team. That's yeah, that's in true. comparison to what it would normally be. It'll be weird, uh, I think, at the beginning of next season because, like, like you said, like you, a team could come out of nowhere. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Like, like those guys are 60 all games. Like a team like the White Sox, like could they just, just come out of nowhere and win the win the World Series this year? That's well, I don't. I mean, sure, maybe this year, but I think because, like, if you look at it, like talking about like this is a 60 game stretch, and like very rarely during a full MLB season are we really breaking down a 60 game stretch and saying. Right. That team is that, like, is that stretch. So, but after this year, people will probably make some opinions I mean, and change their 60 opinions. 60 games, in my opinion, is enough to kind of gauge. Sure, it's enough. Your your direction for the year, but it's not going to indicate how you finish. I mean, uh, that's the that's just what baseball is, it's a marathon. Like, it, exactly. games, like And this year, it's a sprint. It's a dead-ass sprint. It absolutely is. And I think that the team that's going to come out on top is going to be the team that – two things. Well – maybe just one thing is who has the most depth, but more importantly at the pitching position, I obviously I think the fielder depth and everything granted given injuries is well, going to be important. Don't but, you think depth would be almost less important in a season like this? Because like in 162, like you're talking about guys getting hurt way off more often and like a 60 game season, like if a guy gets hurt, he might be more likely to be like, I'm going to play through this. Yes. But or, in a 60 game season, a team will push and pass 100 pitches. In a 162-game season, if I'm a little banged up and I'm not feeling well, I'm going to push through it. I'm going to fight. It's a long season. Um, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm play. In a 60-game season, there's no time to not have anything but guys at 100%. So the, just next man up, turnover, right, turnover, yeah. turnover. I think that's – obviously the, the phrase next man up refers to a whole marathon of a season of 162. But I think that's in the case more with – long-term nagging injuries. Whereas this case in the 60 game season, it could apply to short-term injuries or even guys not producing very well, because you don't have 30 games for Matt Carpenter to get hot anymore. You don't. You mean like to, yeah. Okay. To like you don't have, up. yeah, you don't have games to spare for guys to kind of get in the groove. Like they need if to you're be not good right away. If you're not producing, get the next guy in there and see what he can do because it's an all out sprint. There's going to be people just like, it's going to be a madhouse getting into the postseason right now because all the managers are going to they're going to throw everything on the wall and see what sticks. They're just going to try it all because why you don't have time to see. Oh man, I got this hunch that so and so is going to be good. Oh, he he did bad on this on this past start. I I still I still believe in him. He's still been a high prospect for us. I'll give you next start. Come on, I believe in you. No, yeah. Everybody has a short leash. You're right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's and so for that's sure. why I think that depth is so important. I mean, injuries is really important in 162 games, but 60 games, depth is going to be important in terms of just production. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, that's certainly an interesting point. It will be – I mean, I just – I think the 60-game thing just – you know, it really creates a whole different thing. Uh, some teams that you think would just not be, like, high competitors – in a in a full normal season might just be the best team. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you just gotta get hot at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean and you don't look have at to the su- Cardinals, dude. You like really a, don't have to sustain it that long. Every year the Cardinals have a stretch like that 
where they're like the best team in baseball. And they also have stretches like that where they're the worst team in baseball. So like the Cardinals could be absolutely terrible or they could be great. And the same goes for a lot of teams. And uh, yeah, I'm just using the Cardinals as an example a lot here because, you know, I'm a Cardinals fan. And Hometown team, baby. Absolutely. And um, can't get enough of him. I'm just glad he's not bandwagoning a different team now. No, absolutely not. And uh, never do that, right? Oh no. And um, speaking on the Cardinals, we're talking about strength of schedule type of stuff. Uh, it it um, in 162 games, there's a lot more variability in, in something like that, you know, because you play a lot of teams, you play a lot of games. Um, but in a 60 game season like this, like I said, 40 of their 60 games are in the division. So. For a team like the Mets and the NL East, they're it's tough. It's going to yeah. be tough. The whole NL East is as a sure, whole. yeah. Maybe All not just the Mets, but the whole NL East. Think about it. You have Braves who just won the division, the Nationals who just won the freaking World Series, Phillies who signed a bunch of guys and have very, very good talent on that roster. Yeah, could um, easily make a push. And then the Mets who still have some pieces, who definitely are, are a very good put together team, but. Right now, they just have a lot to compete with. And then the poor Marlins just – I still think that the Mets are the second-best team in that division, though. And glad for this year – I'm glad to hear you probably, say that. Probably – I think they'll make the playoffs. I, God, I would love that. I mean – Man, I would love that. I, it's a sprint, baby. I just – I want to see him – I just want to see him take it and run with it. Yeah, I mean, I'd love – it's going to be really fun to watch some of it. these teams. Um but what do you what do you think in terms of just the season as a whole? Your predictions or certain teams are um, doing well, not doing well. I think for me personally, um, the Dodgers are something for me to talk about because they got Mookie. That it's now or never, baby. Oh, they've been like, there. That they, was the case for this year with 162 games. Yes, but like now that it's 60, it's like they are like. Yes, it's like it has to happen. It's going. I mean, no, I, no. no like. Regular season and all, like they're, I'm telling, like they're probably going to be in the World Series, or they're going to be damn close. They, like, they, they need to win a ring this year, otherwise everybody's jumping ship. Like they're probably going to win 40 games in the, out of the 60. I, this is their make or break year. That's it. Not like, like this is this is their one shot left next year. I don't think that they're still coming back to be in this powerhouse. Yeah, they are. Well, their window is closing, and it's closing fast because this is their final year to make that push. I mean, I definitely think that. Uh, you know, after Mookie's gone or, or, or whatever happens, like, they're, they're still going to compete. They're going to be a good team. I just don't know if they're going to be the – They're not going to be that team, though. Yeah, I mean, like, now Everybody's they're gonna, the best team. Think, guys are going to jump ship. Guys are going to move. Money's going to get complicated. Things yeah. are just going to happen that their windows would have, will have just closed, and they're going to need to f- figure out a way to get back on top after this season because this is their last season to get after it and win a – Win a ring. So that's definitely a team that I'm looking out for, you know, uh, like everyone was and, you know, for a normal season or this season. But, yeah, I think I, – I, I, I don't want to see the Dodgers win, but this is their no, last year. and they will I win. don't either. They, they will win a bunch of games this year. That's what I'm regardless saying. Regardless of where it's at in the season, do I, will they win the World Series? I don't know. It's a 60-game season. I think, I think this year, it's a, like I said, it's a matter of depth, and it's also a matter of when you get hot because it's such a sprint. Also, I think uh, there's something to this. One of my buddies uh, brought this up to me recently. He said that, like, you know, for a team like the Dodgers, who's kind of, like, ending a drought, and they've been on this World Series hunt for, like, a long time, and 
you know, choking in the playoffs, et cetera. This almost is like, like you don't want, like if I was a fan of the Dodgers, I almost wouldn't want my team to like break that like curse or like this year, this year, you know, yeah. cause it would feel fake. It wouldn't feel right. like it would have it an asterisk. Real. I think you can say that about anybody this year. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. But I don't think that that's, it's funny. Cause that's like, if the Dodgers win, we'll say that. But if the White Sox win, which that's a, okay, maybe that's a bad example, but like just another team that like is more, more likable and less favored already, like more underdog, like if the Nationals, like okay. pe- people would accept that a lot more. Right. So I just right. think it'll be interesting to see how people accept. I mean, you could also look at it as the term, the fact that Dodgers have been so close so recently. They are a powerhouse team. And so, of course, I want it this year. Like, they deserve it? Yeah. It's like, like, they've, it's like they've worked for it for it's years. Like, it's like 60-game season. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. I mean, and you know what? I, I lean that way. But it, it is – it's interesting. And I think, especially if I was a fan of that team, like if I was a Dodgers fan, it would be one of those things. I would I – would, As a Mets fan, if, they, if the Mets were to win the World Series, that's a World Series. Oh, I'm yeah. I, oh, yeah. Hmm? Like, I, so, I don't care how baseball perceives it. Because everybody right now is on the same playing field. Yeah, uh, you're nobody. Right. I mean, other teams have advantages in other areas, but in terms of just how the season is going with COVID and everything, like everybody's on the same playing field. Like we we're so saying, whoever like, wins, like that's got to be legit, no matter how fake it feels. It, it's not 162. It it's not a direct reflection of maybe how baseball has been in the past or how good that team has been in this chunk of time. But for the for 60 games plus playoffs, but they've been the best team. They, they win. They deserve it. It's legit. Yeah. Um, so if the Dodgers win, good for them. But this is their final year. They have to do it this year. If not, um, I think it's going to be tough. What's another team you like? Um, well, like uh, just based on the fact that, like I said, 40 of those 60 games are in division and interleague, you know, so I, I think that there's a, major advantage to like the central teams like just in general regular season like that will be really interesting like almost i have no idea who will come out on top like before the season started people were you know hyping up the reds and stuff and the cardinals were kind of like i feel like a lot of people a lot of experts were saying reds is favorites for the division mm, cardinals cubs right behind them I trust. I saw it. Math S. Gurdon. Bruce. 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 Brewers uh, that far out. Uh, yeah, that might be fourth. I don't really know. But they have Yelich. So, like, guy gets hot like that. They could be the best I, team. I, if we're talking about teams I like, I like the Brewers. They don't have the pitching depth than all that, I, though. All I'm, I mean, the only basis I'm saying this on, look in the past recent years how hot they've started every season. They've always tailed off, except for last year when they kind of stuck around a little bit. But – in the past few years, they've started off hot. In a short span, I'm just saying it, they could be a team to watch out for if they start off hot again. Sure, because, that's kind of my because point. At this, because at this point, starting off hot is the whole damn season. Uh, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, any of those central exactly. teams could come out on top besides the Pirates and, you know, the Tigers and the Royals. Sorry, Royals. Yeah, sorry. Not sorry. But, like, I do think uh, – it. Playoff run-wise, it's it's a whole different thing. But, you know, because the matchups are just the matchups then. But when you're talking about 60 games in this season, it's more of like strength. the Brewers could be a team to watch. 
yeah, the Brewers. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I couldn't even begin to guess who will win that division. It's gonna be, it's gonna be ton of fun to see. I mean, yeah, it'll be a ton of fun to say. I mean, with their schedule and everything, they play a lot of crappy teams. So, well, they also play in in the division a lot, and yeah, they play each other a lot. You know, and I mean, they're all very comparable. And they they are they are they're all That's really the close. Like Reds, Cubs, Cardinals, Brewers, like all very comparable. Any of them could win that division, and they're all really close in, in talent, etc. Like I, but you know, in a normal season, I wouldn't know who's going to win that division. In this, it's just like. Who, who knows? I think so, we'll know quick. You think we'll know quick? You think it'll be I one think of those we'll know quick. Like one team will suck. Well, worse they, than you expect. Because they play each other so often, one team's just going to start beating up on another team, and we're going to know quick. Which team that's going to be that comes out on top, I don't know. But, like, in 162, you at least have the relief of playing other divisions. Also, there's a big, big gap in, uh, in a 162-game season. You start by playing a lot of division games, right? And in the summer, it, it starts going interleague, and you start playing other teams a lot. And you have, like, almost like a month and a half, two-month break of, like, like the Cardinals last year, they played the Cubs, like, ten times in the first month. And then they played them, like, not at all for two months. And at the end of the season, they played the Cardinals and – the Cardinals played the Brewers and Cubs, like, half of their last month. Like right. It was like all that, all division games. And in this, I mean, it's kind of just – it is all division games. You yeah, know and, I mean? and so I think that the teams that kind of start beating up on the other teams in their division, we're going to see that. And they're gonna they won't ahead. have that summer. They won't have the break. Exactly. Yeah, so they like, won't have the opportunity to kind of get away from it, mm-hmm. to kind of dodge it. And so yeah. they're just going to beat up on each other. I mean, when you're not playing, you know, when you're not playing the guy in second place and you're in first place. And I think, I think it's going to be the Brewers. You think they're going to – is that your call? That's, um, I think it's going to be the Brewers. I will pick the, the Cardinals Brewers, because they have the best pitching out of those teams. That's true. The Brewers, the, Reds, but. the Brewers or – hear me out. Sorry for all those local fans out there, but the Cubs. And I'll tell you why. Because the DH plays so favorable to the Cubs. Why does sure. it play favorable to the uh, – who will – who – I just don't – I don't know. I mean, like I see what you're saying. Like he's a, I'm just, good, he's I a think, great DH guy. But I'm like, just saying, I think that does, will be favorable for the Cubs. To where have does him the rest DH. of their team pan? I don't know though. what it lines up for everything else, but the DH is very is a very favorable thing for somebody specifically. I think that the Cubs. DH is favorable for they're favorable, favorable all of for, those teams in the central. For a lot of teams, like the Cardinals, will be able to use. Is it better for the Reds? I mean, it's better for everybody, but. Maybe not the Reds, but maybe the Reds. I don't know. I mean, like I think the the Cubs take advantage of the DH more than the Brewers and the Reds. Cardinals maybe, but but that's going to give them. You're talking about the depth thing too, based on production. Like Kyle Schwarber's had his great stretches where like he's, he, he had can his, smash the the baseball right. like no one else, but he's also had some really bad stretches. Crappy stretches. So so say Kyle Schwarber's had uh, has a bad stretch. Who's their DH after that? I think Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> I hate to say, I hate to go back on my depth thing, no, like, but he, but he's there. He's the guy that fits the DH bill so great that you're gonna roll with him. He's your guy. If you're gonna lose Kyle Schwarber, you're gonna lose. So they're, you're just saying they're gonna ride Kyle Schwarber out. And I think that's how the Cubs are gonna play. Well, no, yeah. you're right. They probably will, and and that's great because he'll probably be good at hitting the ball, which is what he's good at. Very far. And yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Cardinals, though, and I think. See the Cardinals, they could they could move the DH around. And, yeah, it'll be really and, and put weird. Different guys in. I don't know how the like. I I was thinking about it today. It's like if, my first thought is that Matt Carpenter is initially the guy who's going to play DH, and 
the Edmund will start at third. And then there's also the possibility of Edmund playing at right and Carpenter playing at third. And then you talk about O'Neal, who could play DH, and he's also a good fielder. He's also, you know, statistically one of the fastest, top ten fastest players in the league, faster than Harrison Bader. People don't really realize that, but he is. And he's also massive, and he can also crush baseballs. So he could play DH or play left field. And I think if we talk about Edmund and Wright, talk about O'Neal and Bader in the outfield, then Dex could be the DH, which is kind of gross because he's <laughs> not – like he doesn't sound like a DH, but he's not good in the field at all. So I think that could help the Cardinals indirectly. You know what I mean? Right. Like it wouldn't be It gives like, them options. It does give yeah. them options, and that's – a big advantage for everybody utilizing the DH now. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. If we haven't seen any of these teams it's gonna be have weird. that ability. And, again, and I think the same thing applies to the other teams too. Like the Nationals, they picked up Eric Thames. I was going to say, like, if the Brewers still had a guy like that, yeah. he would, like, he is that. He lives for the DH. And so the Nationals have him, and now, like, I'm kind of thinking, you know, they don't have Zimmerman now. Very he beneficial. Position. Thames is either going to be a DH or he's going to be – you know, playing, but it, it's going to get very, them very similar situation. I do think that the DH plays favorites to somebody like the Cubs, though, or somebody somebody who has a DH type uh, a guy. Schwarber Thames guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which I understand because somebody with a lot of options like the Cardinals, it might yeah. bode well for you in terms of giving you options. But in a hundred, that's that's probably better in one hundred sixty-two to have all those options. Yeah, you're right. So that's six, six, more of that. Sixty, plug in your DH. And let them hit. Let them it's rake. Like if those, if let them rake. It's like you can have that depth, but if they don't, if none of them produce, it's almost like, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But if you have Kyle Schwarber and he just tears the cover off the baseball, and, and even if he doesn't, he still he knows that he's going to be in the DH and he's going to have a little bit of time to get into a groove, and you know you're going to live or die by making the decision that he's going to be in your DH. I and think that's that's perfectly okay with me. And he's also one of those guys that he's going to walk to. And, yeah, you know, I mean, Matt Carpenter is, is the same way, but there's a lot more variability as Matt Carpenter at his age and, and what will happen. I, you know, I don't know. But I'm, I think as a Cardinals fan, I'm, I am extremely curious to see what Matt Carpenter can do. And if he can only focus on hitting, I just feel like why wouldn't he be able to, like, be one of, the best hitters. In He's the, had like, stretches. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't see why not. Like He's had stretches. Like we're talking about from like a discipline standpoint, like he's one of the best uh, and like a approach standpoint. He's one of the best hitters in the league. Like he's, he's like Rizzo Vado. Like you talk about those guys who like, they own the plate. Like when they stand up there, then they, they'll eat those pitches. They take counts deep and they're like the best two strike hitters. Like, that's Matt Carpenter, and that's Rizzo, that's Votto, Andrew we'll, Alton-Simmons. We'll see, we'll see if he's capable of doing Kyle that. Out of the DH. You know, Kyle Schwarber's one of those guys, yep. too. Kind of, but. Yep. I'm just excited to see baseball back, at least for a little bit, in, in uh, 60, 60 games. Yeah, it's I mean, a short taste, but it works for me. I'm excited to see it. It's been a bummer without it so far. Yeah. Any crazy predictions? Uh, let's. We've talked a little bit of – a lot of NL, but that's mostly because of the DH change. Anything to say about some AL teams that you um, think might surprise? I know you mentioned I said the White Sox. It, I said it before, and I said it before COVID with the 162. I think the White Sox could make a push. Look at their arms, man. 
lot, also just the, the, the young they, players. They signed Keiko. They got Kopech and Giolito. They got Eloy. Tim Anderson's a stud oh, right now. Oh, Eloy Jimenez. They signed Yasmani Grandal. Yeah. Man. I mean, make a push. like, if all those guys, like, hit that first year of their, like, major production at the same time, like, it I think it'll be, be weird because it's a weird, like, mesh of new and unproven guys, but the talent's there. Oh, it is? Oh, that's and what I'm so saying. so I think – It just has know, to come together get, at the same you time. You get things rolling, coming together. The White Sox could definitely make a push. I, I, I have a bet with my, my teammate, Justin Dietekirk. Didi, shout out to you. Um, for 10 bucks on them winning the division. I don't know. I don't know if that bet stands still because it's 162. But um, we might have to renegotiate. <laughs> but they definitely, in my mind, are very intriguing. Yeah, they are for sure. I – I can get behind the White Sox for one of those picks. And I'm also – we have. I can't believe we've gone this far without mentioning this. Um, I'm also super excited to see the Astros. Just how they – Just how – Just I would, I'm excited to watch them get plunked. Uh, who's the first hit? Ooh. Bregman. Bregman. <laughs> uh, we were all thinking it. We were all thinking it. I'm yeah. just excited to see them get plunked. Or whoever leads off. Who knows? I still think it's going to be Brick. Yeah, I mean, they might not be able to hold off. You know what I mean? It might be the first guy who walks up, and they're just like, screw gotta hit this guy. I got to hit him. Screw you. First pitch right at the back. I think it's funny that recently, semi-recently, when the whole letter thing came out about the Yankees potentially oh, yeah. cheating, uh, I don't know if anything ever came of that. Um, but there was something going around for a while. I mean, Yankees cheated too in 2017 and still lost. That's just sad. You know, Granted, we don't know if they actually. Yeah, cheated, that's but, the thing is I don't want to say like anything like that. But if, if come on, you can rip on the Yankees. Oh well, of course I want to rip on the Yankees. It's I just don't want to prematurely say that they cheated. But I will. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if had, have had that been the case, who knows whatever came of it? I don't remember. I don't think anything did. I haven't heard anything new about it. But had that been the case, that would have been funny. And at the same time, I mean, remember when Judge was just saying like how he was like he felt like he was ripped of the MVP and all that stuff, and like okay, he was. Well, no, he was, but like initially, for the longest time, I've stuck to Altuve, but because they cheated, I any well, that's my point though is like if the Yankees also cheated, it just me it just makes it like oh Oh, yeah, that's just that that's like double cheated. Yeah, it's like whoa, like dude, you suck. Yeah, but I'm not saying I like Aaron Judge, so I, I really. I, I like Aaron Judge. I like some of the new guys that the Yankees have going on. So, I like oh, Raver. Yeah. Yankees are the just, last I don't, don't. I don't hate. I, I don't hate post, the post Jeter. I don't hate. I don't hate them. I don't hate the players. I don't. Um, I actually, I actually enjoy watching the players. You know, Aaron Hicks, Glover Torres, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, um, Gary Sanchez has a hose piece behind the dish. I love watching it all. And he's um, like the best home run hitting. Oh, catcher. Kraken. Yeah. Oh, Kraken. Um, I still don't want to see them succeed a whole bunch, though. No, I don't. Yeah, I but understand. They if will, they, though. But if they do, it's it doesn't hurt me as much. As much. It's one of those things. It's like the Dodgers. Like, no, I, oh, I hate the Dodgers. Well, no, I hate both of them. That's my point. It's yeah, like, but I the I just can't stand the Dodgers. They, I the hate Dodgers both of them. They're both going to do well, though. Yeah, they're the two best teams in baseball. Anyways, they will, they will do well. Anyways, that's all I have on my thoughts for um, predictions. Just kind of. Rules, excitement. Um, I'm just happy to be. Yeah, I mean, I was just happy to be here with you and uh, you know, chat baseball and. Oh, how cute! Have it be real, um, because lately it's just been the 
just discussing the possibility of baseball. And now it's real and now it's happening. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. It's going to be a long three or four weeks here until it starts because I'm ready for it now. I want it. I, I want was it. ready when it was, I was supposed ready to yesterday. start. Yeah. yeah. Um, when they had the fake spring training. Yeah, and I was watching. That was that. like, I I would go as far as to call that practice at this yeah. point. <laughs> um, it was but just a yeah. team practice. Just can't wait for that to be back. And uh, one also, one more thought before we go. Weird that I'm bringing it up now, but because we mentioned practice, I think that the 60 game season is going to be more beneficial for pitchers than it will be for hitters because hitters haven't seen live abs in quite some time. Yeah, I could just, see that. Just a thought, maybe. Uh, Think on it. Maybe we could talk about it next time. Maybe not. Maybe just think about it. But pitches, like pitches probably year. have been thrown around the same as if they were to continue playing anyway. Hitters sure. probably hitting the amount, the same amount, but they Less. just it's just harder to get the same reps, the same quality reps in hitting when you don't have those live ABs. Yeah. But that's just my thoughts and my experience. Anyway, um, it's been a great talk. Absolutely. So glad baseball is back. Hopefully, we'll see what Cam does with the Patriots. Uh, yeah, congratulations, Cam Newton. Yep. We'll see what happens with golf. Again, happy birthday, Kwai. Yep, I was um, about to say happy birthday to the club. Listeners out there, hit us up, follow us, subscribe, share. Unscripted underscore raw at um, on Twitter. Yep. Ron Unscripted, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're out there. Let us know. Share it. Thank you. See ya.